Bonjour and good evening. That's, that's my French limited for the week. Uh, good evening to you all. Thanks for tuning in. This is French Football Weekly and I am your host, Chris. Thank you one and all. Uh, tonight we have plenty to discuss, as we always do, as Liga and indeed Liga returned this past weekend after the international break. So let's introduce my uh, my merry crew. I nearly said merry men. That would have been incredibly insulting on <laughs> Phil, first of, first of all. So good evening, <laughs> Phil. Hello there. I'm sure you've been called worse, but I'm not going to call you mm. a merry man, so don't worry. Um, I'm also joined by Mr. Jez. Good evening, Jez. Hello. And Mr. Rich. Good evening, Rich. Good evening. That was all very informal, wasn't it? Um, once again, we're a, we're a four-strong four crew, so let's waste no time, ladies and gents, and we'll kick straight into the action. As usual with the podcast, we're going to pick out a couple of fixtures that uh, tickled our fancy. So, Chez, uh, let's start with the painful element of Met PSG. Friday night, um, I watched this in a bar in London um, on my phone, because that's how sad I am. Um, would it be fair to say this game swung on a sending off? And um, would you like to talk to me about uh, a certain player who's called for Mets? Ye of little faith, Jez. Ye of little faith. Ye of little faith. Mm. <laughs> I, sat, I sat on the fence. You were sure about him. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I'll take that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that it swung on a decision. Look, let's be fair. Most Mets fans beforehand were saying, you know, if we if we keep it down to sort of five nil, maybe even seven nil, we'll be relatively happy. We everyone expected that we would lose. The chances are, with eleven players on the pitch, we still would have lost. But the fact is that just under an hour into the game, we were drawing. We were giving a good good account of ourselves. We should have been two one up. Um, Emmanuel Rivière scored his first goal for two and a half years, and then missed uh, one of the I mean, no, I'm not. I was going to try to make excuses for him. Forget about it. It was an awful, awful miss. It was an open goal where he missed. But, you know, he'd also hit the post. Um, I think there was one other very good chance during the match. I can't remember. I just remember, like, a few people saying, oh, what the hell, mess were, mess were being smashed anyway. The fact is they'd come pretty close a few times. Um, they were drawing. And then Asu Okoto puts in... Well, I think was a perfectly good tackle. I mean, L'Equipe, which is, seems to be becoming more and more PSG's own in-house magazine by the week, um, made no, out no. that it <laughs> um, seemed to make out that it was a foul and it was maybe at best somewhere in between a yellow and a red. I'm not having that. To me, it was a perfectly good tackle. Okay, I can vaguely understand why from certain angles, certainly the referee's angle, but not the linesman's assistance angle. He might have thought it was a foul. Even then, it was a booking at the very, very most. It was an absolutely abhorrent decision. And, you know, got 500 million euros worth of goal scorers on one side and Riviere and Rue on the other, minus one of our defenders. There was only ever going to be one result after, after that sending off. I, um, and I'm still not happy. <laughs> you, but you hide it so well, Jess. Can, can, can we tell, Jess? I, I think you know, one of the things that was kind of interesting about this was obviously um, when Mets played Monaco, 
it, they did, you know, a very good organised job, which, yeah, uh, two two rounds ago, they only lost 1-0. They pushed Monaco. It took them a long time to get that goal. So I kind of said before uh, the match kicked off, I think they'll lose, but I don't see this as being a shellacking. And, you know, that was looking like a pretty decent um uh, prediction until until the red card. So I think Mets did a really really good job, and then just got absolutely wound up at, at the end. But what we've also seen, obviously, is we've been banging on about PSG not fixing the defence, and this was arguably the stronger the fix, fixing the match instead. Well, this was arguably the stronger <laughs> yes. defence with you know Kimpembe Marquinhos as the centre back pairing. Um, Maybe Bushish, we haven't seen much of him, but him instead of Kazara at left back, those kind of things. And, you know, Mets still scored and, as Jez said, could have could have done it again. So it was interesting, obviously, that everything kind of post-red card was, you know, feels like the normal procession. And if you only look at the scoreline, you see that's, you, you think that's what happened. But actually Mets did a decent job of standing up to them for a good period of time, which was interesting. And I can, I can appreciate why Jez is so um, cross about, uh, about that decision. But it's one of those things in Liga in particular, in a sense, you knew that was going to happen. Um, uh, if you go in sort of through the back of somebody, yes, he got the ball and it was probably yes, a booking, if anything, but, you kind of knew as soon as it happened that he was going to go. Can I just add quickly, last week I kind of mentioned that I feel like in terms of goal celebrations and things like that, Mbappe is starting to show a little bit of a different side to him. And I feel a little bit like sort of killing Bambi here, but I thought his reaction was pretty disgraceful, as I think Rich did from a couple of things he sent on Twitter. Well, Asuakoto's um, um, response appears to have been, uh, if you've seen was, that tweet, um, <laughs> I, let me just find... Social media wars, boys and girls. Find this bit. Well, no, he, he, he gave a, um, an interview. He let out a loud scream. I can't take that away from him. <laughs> it was a really loud scream. Um, unfortunately, Asuakoto then says that the, uh, the moral of the story is that he would have, it would have been better if he'd actually hurt Mbappe and they both went off, which I'm not sure is actually the moral of the story. But yeah, no. he seems uh, e- extremely cross about that um, and does. Uh, lots of people talking about Mbappe rolling over several times. And yes, uh, it was a really loud scream uh, from uh, the, the man himself there as well. Yeah, it was, it was no, when it comes to social media spats, it was no Kyle Walker Deli Alley, was it? That's for sure. Um, <laughs> if you haven't seen that, Google it, people. But um, go on then, Rich. Um, before we move on, let, let's, let's have your view. Um, just for the record, uh, I'm going to blow it out of the water and say I thought it was a red card for us who got to, but I also, to balance it out, thought that the competitive <coughs> challenge was equally a red. If you're going to do one, mm-hmm. the other has to be said. Um, and... Uh, I think our listeners will want us to say a little bit about PSG's new front four, if you will. Um, so what was your thoughts, Rich? Uh, one, I barely even thought it was a foul, let alone a yellow card, let alone anything even close to a red card. So that's that's my line dr- very much drawn in the sand on, on this. Um, in terms of the attack, um, I, I, he played... Um, Mbappe, 
you know, sort of on the right, a little bit more central at times as well. But he's still got a lot to learn, hasn't he? He's still drifting left. He's still almost getting in the way of the likes of Cavani and Neymar, who who seem to favour that left hand, you know, drifting a little bit left um, as well. So Emery has got a lot of work, I think, to do in terms of tinkering with, with the way Mbappe thinks, the way Mbappe plays. Because, of course, we saw it with France. We saw it a little bit against Mets. If he's drifting left, as he keeps the what's to do, then you're nullifying how well a 222 million euro player can play. And, and if you're doing that, then that's, that's not good. Um, so Emery just needs to get through to Mbappe. And Mbappe needs to learn himself as well that, you know, if you're deployed on the right, you play on the right. You know, if, if Emery wants him to bring, you know, come a bit more central, Emery will let him know on the pitch. Um, you know, or Thiago Silva will probably let him know on the pitch. Um, so I, I, there's, there's work to be done. They were very, you know, it looked very good in places. Um, but, you know, it's early days, work to be done, um, work in progress, really. The other option is drop Cavani and just play Mbappe by himself in the centre. That's the that's the long term plan. I mean, isn't it, really, I, I know. Yeah, again, he scored two goals, but yet again, to me, you know, again, Lekip gave him an eight. I thought he was atrocious. Cavani. Yeah. Mm, don't the don't get me started, Jess. The number of basic chances he missed, even his second goal, I think he did his best to miss the ball. <laughs> he is. Um... He is an odd one. Um, I, I do get sick of people living in the UK. I get sick of people saying that he's world-class and he should be this and he should be that. And I see saying, yeah, he has got all these goals, but how many he misses is just, blah, that's not world-class for me. Um, but that's a debate for another day. Um, okay, so uh, that was PSG Mets. Um, got into a bit of detail there. One thing I will mention as well is that ahead of, we're recording ahead of the, the uh, Champions League tie tonight. Um, interestingly, that... Uh, that the the front three is kind of deployed in tonight's system at Celtic, but that looks fit um, with with uh, Mbappe, Cavani, and Neymar as the three. Um, no Di Maria in the squad. Is he suspended or? I don't I think, think he's he injured, but I'm ah. not entirely sure he'd be in the, in the starting just, lineup just, anyway. Not very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired, Rich Allen. Everybody. Um, but yeah, it doesn't make the lineup. So uh, back to the four-three-three that we've seen previously for PSG tonight. Uh, we'll of course have coverage of that next week. Right, let's move on uh, to another game then before we uh, destroy everybody's um, interest uh, talking PSG all night. Uh, let's talk about Saint Etienne. Uh, Phil, do you want to kick us off uh, on on Saint Etienne's weekend match uh, with Angers? Ended in a one-one draw. Remy Cabella, the new signing, with a goal inside a minute. That's quite nice. And uh, Mangani with a penalty some eight minutes later. A red card apiece. Um, quite a lot went on in this game, didn't it? What was your overall thoughts on both sides? Yeah, this was... Um, I, I predicted um, Lille-Bordeaux was going to be the chaotico, but in fact, Saint-Étienne-Angers was uh, pretty chaotic because obviously if you score inside the first minute with your, your new signing, things are looking very, very promising. And then... Um, Angers hit back, got the penalty. They hit the bar twice uh, um, shortly after that. And it was really set up for a very interesting second half. And then you got Pajot set off, sent off um, shortly after the restart, which meant that obviously As were then uh, back on the back foot. Um, we had one question in from Thomas, who is Wiseman on Twitter, 
how far can Angers progress this season, which is an interesting one because Angers aren't known for being kind of free-flowing attacking machine, but they had a front five which looked pretty um, pretty lively. Uh, Crivelli, obviously, as the centre-forward with Capel, Mangani, uh, Fulgini, uh, another new um, acquisition who's been in the French youth teams quite a bit, and Toko Akambi. Um, so that really looked like they were going out to take it to Saint-Étienne and they, they did do. It was a, a bit um, kind of obdurate in the, the second half, wasn't as much fun as the first. And then Crivelli, who does have a penchant for disciplinary issues, got himself sent off with about 10 minutes to go. So now it was 1-1 and 10-10. v It was got back to kind of chaotic status later on and Guillaume in fact with an epic miss in injury time uh, it was a, a cross that came across and he absolutely air kicked it from about six feet out um, so Angers really could have um, could have won it at the death there so it was a very fun game I think we saw you know again that Saint-Étienne are a much more positive uh, minded forward moving team uh, Cabela obviously hit the ground running Darbo didn't have a great match but um, they really looked to be clicking and, uh, and, and good fun but seeing Angers also taking the game to them and, you know, playing with it, some real kind of freedom, nice movement uh, in the front of midfield was was very good as well. So it was a good game, good game to watch. Yeah, good game, good game. In, in, the, spirit, in the spirit of, of calling games or, or trying to label games with, with uh, our little fun names, um, Chaotico maybe, I also think this was a game of, it was almost the, uh, the idiotique or idiotique maybe. Because uh, there's, there was a collection of really stupid decisions from some players. Pierre-Gabriel had a really, really strong, good, strong start to the season. What on earth he's doing? Uh, you know, less than 10 minutes into the game in the penalty area, ball's drifting over his head, no particular danger, sticks his hand up, just palms it away. What's he doing? Really don't know what he's doing there. Pajot, I thought... You know, he's on a yellow card. What's he doing? Diving in, stud slightly raised in on the goalkeeper. Stupid. Crivelli, Mm -hmm. 83rd minute, decides to lash out. We know he's got it in him. I was really hoping that the move to Angers was going to sort of hopefully see him grow up a little bit. No, no hint of that. So a real, you know, collection of, of stupid moments from players who, regardless of their age, should be known better than, than that. There's a theme developing there in that game, wasn't there? Um, Jez, <laughs> I, thought, I just want to... Go on. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say that, um, again, in Lecky, there was quite an interesting article about the amount of luck that um, Saint-Étienne is sort of riding at the moment um, in various ways. And they gave as an example the fact that the referee asked, I think, um, Pierre-Gabriel whether he did it on purpose or not before deciding whether to send him off, which is a bit of a stupid question. Um, then... Um, as, as Phil alluded to, I think Angers hit the, the bar three times in the match. And, you know, frankly, I, th- I think with a better team overall and, you know, quietly had a very good start to the season. I think they're still unbeaten. So, um, you know, everything is sort of smiling on Saint-Étienne at the moment. It's, um, you know, as well as the fact that they're, they're playing much better football, it's just all going very sweetly for them at the moment. And, I think it's quite important that they they um sort of make hay while the sun shines because mm-hmm. you know you never know when these the, the ball starts rolling against them. Um, 
but yeah, really impressive Angers so far this season. Yeah, two sides I expect to do fairly well. I think St Etienne not having European football might be a real bonus for them in terms of sort of how high they can finish in the league, but how high is anyone's guess at this stage? Um, okay, so decent game there. Um, we have to start with Rich for our, our final sort of coverage, as it were, <laughs> of the weekend. Uh, Rich, um, <clears throat> Ren turned up at, uh, at Marseille at the Velodrome on Sunday evening. Um, you can be as honest as you like, whether you expected them to take points or not. Um, they not only took points, they took all three points on the night with a, a 3-1 victory over Marseille. Um, let's, you can talk Ren first of all, um, and maybe just touch on Marseille, because they look really, well, they look in a mess once again, wherever we said that before. But um, impressed by Ren uh, and Mr. Wabi Kazri in particular with, uh, with a wonderful go on this game. So what did you, what did you make of it overall? Um, I was really, really impressed. I, I, I didn't expect, you know, I was, as we spoke on the podcast last week, very gloomy-minded for this game. Um, wasn't expecting a great deal. Two teams who really flattered to deceive on far too many occasions. Um, but as you started that segment off with, Ren turned up. That in itself is a story. Um, they looked they look great. They were up for it from the off. Um, I'll come on to Marseille in a minute because they were absolutely um, aided for the full 90 minutes by a, a, a dreadful display from Marseille, but Ren still had to go out there and beat them. Um, I thought they looked fresh. I thought Kazri was another signing that I didn't particularly feel too excited about, but I think his 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 tricks, his intelligence at, at the way he plays and can manipulate defenders... Uh, we saw with his finish, wonderful um, sort of inside flick finish. Um, but but his intelligence then allowed the likes of Mubele, allowed the likes of Ismail Assar to do what they do best, which is just run. Especially Ismail Assar. He, you just put him, there's a defence, run at them. And that's what he did. And we saw some results. You know, we saw it was probably his best game, I'd, I'd say, for, for Ren since, uh, since joining um, you know, throughout there were strong performances throughout. We played a, we started a centre back who's barely played any reserve team football, let alone first team football. He signed his first professional contract. He looked calm as anything. I think helped by the fact that Marseille were anything but a goal threat. But um, you know, I was really, really encouraged. There was a, you know, a couple of two or three debuts there. Goalkeeper Kubek made some really good saves. Um, so plenty of encouragement there. But as ever with Ren, I want to take that into the next game and feel positive, but experience tells me I'm just going to be disappointed. <laughs> so I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to hold off thinking, oh, you know what, this is a real you know, boost. This is the kickstart for the season. And let's just see if we're, this, this sort of form, this style of play can persist for, for a, couple of, uh, a couple of games at the very least. But my goodness, Marseille were bad. You know, as, as, as good as Rennes were, Marseille were infinitely worse. Yeah. Um, and, and that defence, uh, there is not enough time in the world for me to tell you how bad Abdenor, Brownie, and particularly Evra, um, much to the joy of perhaps a few people who might be appearing on the podcast tonight, <laughs> that, that was one of the worst displays I have seen from a quote-unquote professional footballer 
Well, it's that's been beautifully queued up uh, for Jez to come in. But just before you do, Jez, um, Phil, we had a question relating to leadership at Marseille. So do you want to ping that one Jez's way as he answers the uh, what happens at Marseille question? Yeah, well, we actually had two questions about Marseille. One from Ian Reynolds, 87, whose question simply is Olympic de Marseille question mark. Uh, but the more specific one is from Ariane H. That's Ariane H1999 on Twitter. Can any player lead Marseille this season? Because I think we've all seen the gifts of Evera trying pre-match to, to play that role and then failing to do it on the pitch. Um, on Evera, <laughs> I'd like to say two things. Firstly, I enjoyed just how many people tweeted him during and after the game saying, how much do you love this game? <laughs> In reference to his... Um, <laughs> sickeningly contrived new catchphrase um, and also on Evra I know I'm making this a theme I'd just like to read Lekip's review of his match um, the left back um, said that he couldn't be happy only playing one match in every two we're wondering whether he should even be playing one match full stop Ouch. Um, awful decisions um, weak marking completely bypassed the whole match we're still trying to find where he was for the first two goals but then maybe it was um politically easier to um substitute sakai mm. rather than him i think a lot of people queried why of the of the back four the the one who didn't look particularly awful was the one that was substituted um, in terms of leadership, I think possibly it's hard to say because you know they lost the last match six one, so um, not necessarily saying that it would have changed anything. But Luis Gustavo is missing from this match. I think yep. he has shown a little bit more. Um, uh, I don't know le leadership or uh, mm. courage than than other players. Mondanda obviously is or has been or was the the team's leader, but. I, you know, with the best will in the world, I think he does come back a little bit diminished. Um, whatever the reasons, he, he obviously had a very, uh, you know, a, a failed move to, to Palace. And, you know, they say never go back. He's a year or two older now. I still think he's, you know, an extremely solid keeper. But again, as part of this whole new exciting project, I'm not sure that that, that was a particularly forward step. I think more or less everything I just said, I've, I've said it before, but I, I think applies to Payet as well. Um, also, I never thought that was a particularly positive move. Germain, I think, is a leader, but in, you know he's Monaco captain as well. But I think he's he's one of those ones who leads by example more than anything else, and possibly in the state Marseille, and you, you need someone who's kind of really shouting and geeing everyone up rather than just by example. Sanson, I think, probably mm. could be, but possibly isn't yet. Um, in short, yeah, they're short of leaders. <laughs> mm. They are. Well, in short, they are a, a, a bit of a mess, aren't they? I, I, do, I do wonder if, if uh, Project Marseille, as I have to refer to it as, um, will stand the test of time with, uh, with um, Gar uh, oh, Garcia, with, um, oh God, his name's escaped me, with uh, him in charge. What's his blooming name? Thank you. No. no, the no the gaffer. Um, yeah, Garcia. Garcia. It is Garcia. Well, I, yeah. I get there's, there's two Garcias in the guy. Everybody, this is not going to end well. I think is there's it? three. Oh, is there three? Who's the other one? Um, 
Yeah, of course. One of the promoted sides. I've got them written down somewhere. Yeah. Um, I think as well. You are right, Twaya. On the kind of the subs front, there's lots of people speculating that Sakai was the one sent off because he wouldn't kick up a fuss about it, which is kind of completely the wrong reason to to take a decision. But this, again, in the kind of post-match roundup on French TV, this was quite a Barney as well, whether it was the players or the manager who was at fault for this one. I think we've had this conversation has happened happened before. But one of the things uh, that's come up a lot is some of those substitutions were a bit weird. Like at the end, when Abdenor limped off, why bring on Rolando for him? Why not move Sertic back and bring on somebody who might go forwards and... and uh, you know, try to get something back. Um, so it did look like it, it just looked disjointed, but this was very much a case of both players and managers seemed to be kind of out of ideas. The absence of Gustavo obviously was big, but it shouldn't have had that big an effect, really, uh, to have, you know, one key player out. There should be enough around him to, uh, to be able to not capitulate like that. Mm. Rudy, uh, Rudy Garcia, if you're listening, I'm not sorry at all for forgetting your name. Uh, go on, Rich. Uh, just one final thing on, on Evra that uh, certainly post-game, I think nearly every single Rem fan on Twitter loved, loved messaging him about was uh, his, his pre-match quote in the, the days leading up to the game of uh, looking forward to the playing, playing against Rem and coming away with the three points. So it was it was good fun. I think myself included. Just just mm. making sure that uh, hashtag I love this game. <laughs> Whoopsie Daisy. Yeah, yeah. Not 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 ending well for uh, Monsieur Evra this weekend. But never mind. Um, not ending well for Marseille either. But that uh, that covers our games we wanted to look at. We'll just quickly run down the other results from the weekend. Lille and Bordeaux sharing a nil-nil draw. Uh, more trouble for Bielsa. Uh, Thiago Maia, the young mid- midfielder, sent off for two bookable offences. The the latter of the two nearly decapitated. I think it was Malcolm on the touchline. That was interesting challenge. Uh, nice beating Monaco four nil. If we'd have had the time, we would have gone into this in more depth. But I think it's fair to say this was not a result we any any of us saw coming. Uh, Palatelli with two, Alessandro player. Um, I love player, I really do. Um, and uh, Ganyo, oh, is it pronounced? It's Ganago, isn't it? Ganago. Ganago. On, on only his second appearance uh, for yes. the club, and he was brought on in the Napoli game for Mario because. He wasn't being very good. Um, and poop, this yeah. time, this time, much happier circumstances, scoring his goal on debut and then streaked over to the bench and uh, massive hugs all round. So uh, a great mm. league debut for him. We look forward to seeing more of him in the future. Yes, and it's worth clicking up the goals. Ridiculously coolly taken. Yes. I thought he was going to, to freeze, but he didn't. He kept his head, went around the keeper. Yeah. Beautifully done. Let's stay tuned for more from that name. Uh, Khan beat Dijon by two goals to one, despite having uh, Mbengo sent off late on. Santini, who else? And Lam- uh, Yambare on goal after Marie had pulled one back for Dijon. Gets the points for Khan and Nantes winning away from home at Montpellier. Sorry, Phil. Uh, Giovanni Cio sent off late on there after Diego Carlos uh, put <sighs> Nantes in front. Uh, Amiens getting another vital three points in their start to Liga. Gail Kakuta again on the score sheet after Lala was also sent off for Strasbourg, the home side. Losing out there. Trois to lose, nil-nil. Nothing more to say here. Uh, and Olympic Lyonnais getting a 2-1 victory over Gangomp on the <coughs> Sunday 
early fixture. Uh, Marcelo Diaz, Nabil Fakir, a reborn Nabil Fakir, nothing better. Uh, after Turam had actually equalised for Gangon, Fakir went down the other end and got what proved to be the winner. Uh, we have a question uh, on Mariano Diaz, which we maybe save just to the end, um, which we'll come back to. But yes, good result that for Lyon, who continue their excellent start. Um, very quickly, we'll just give you a Ligue 2 update. Uh, nothing too intense here, but just a, a quick touch in. We will, of course, cover Ligue 2 in uh, more depth soon, particularly as Lorient are top. Hey. Um, can we, can we mention the bottom as well, please? Um, <laughs> if we must, if we must, Jez. Uh, Danich, Kote and Boenga with the goals for Lorient in a 3-2 victory over Lens away from home. Uh, good result that for uh, Le Moulot. Love, uh, they're a point behind in second place. Um, disappointing draw for this weekend over Orléans. Uh, Ram are down in third after two straight defeats. They lost uh, against Brest. I think that was last night, actually, that game 1-0. Uh, Chateau, Clermont and Orléans make up the top six. Um, down at the bottom, uh, Jez, Lons, um, played six, lost six. Um, yeah. Awkward. Uh, minus eight goal difference. No, As usual, clock. level on points with mess, but ahead on goal difference. Oh, <laughs> very good. Uh, Tours are also at the bottom uh, bottom of the or 19th place, so in the relegation spot. Kiveli Rowan and Orsea. Surprisingly, Orsea still down there. Um, only four points in their opening six games in 17th. Borgambras, Gazelek Ajaccio, Nolsi, Nior make it up to 13th place. Good to see Paris FC in 11th, um, having a decent start to the season. Um, and Sosho, another big name, in 8th. So that's a little pick of Ligue 2. Um, I think we're probably planning to get one of our Ligue 2 experts to pop on for a pod at some point. So when we do, we will let you know. Right, uh, let's move on then to uh, this week's débat, if you will, uh, Le Grand Débat, which is uh, talking about the European fixtures. Um, as you know, of course, or as you probably will know, France teams go into European competition this week, uh, starting with tonight at time of recording with PSG's trip to Celtic Park. If you haven't seen the wonderful picture of previously mentioned Edison Cavani looking out onto the Celtic Park pitch under floodlights, have a look at my Twitter. Um, it's an awesome picture from Instagram. Have a look at that. Um, and of course, we, uh, we see Monaco in action this weekend as well, or this week, I should say, um, in Champions League action. Uh, and then we'll cover the Europa League in a moment as well. So, um, Phil, why don't you kick us off? What do you expect from our two French sides in the Champions League in particular, PSG at Celtic? Oh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be just watching with biscuits because I've, I've got moats <laughs> all over here for the for the Europa League fixtures, which is uh, traditionally traditionally my bat. So um, I think ah. with, the, with Celtic PSG, obviously Jez has done um, a piece for, well, you've done a pod and a piece, haven't you, for uh, a couple of yeah. other um, other publications. So maybe he should take it from here. Absolutely. Well, Jez, you go for it, and uh, I will be back for you shortly, Phil, in that case. So, Jez, what do you reckon? Um, yes, I, I um, wrote a piece for Last Stitch Tackle, and I did a pod for 90 Minutes Cynic, just to, to give them both a bit of props. Um, I I mean, I've covered mainly the PSG side, but you know, Celtic have got a stunning record at home. Um, they have actually lost to PSG before in Europe. Um, at Celtic Park but generally they're very hard to beat there and it's the kind of place where you can imagine Thiago Silva mysteriously finding a calf injury just before kickoff um, but this PSG team is difficult to it's certainly difficult to see them going through a match without scoring 
Um, I still think that there are weaknesses at the back, which which we touched on earlier. So I wouldn't be surprised if Celtic um, uh, get a goal, but you've got to think that that, that attack is going to outscore pretty much anyone they play at this stage. So I, I think it will be relatively tight. I don't think anyone's going to do anything too silly first European match of the season, but I think PSG should come through with it with them. Um, uh, yeah, maybe a 2-1 victory. I think it'll be a, a relatively small victory. I'm going right right against you here, Jez. For the second time tonight, I feel like we're like, I feel like I'm turning heel, like a wrestling analogy. <laughs> um, I think PSG are going to smash Celtic. I really do. I just can't see how Celtic will live with PSG. I do think Celtic will score, um, but I'm chucking my neck out and saying this is 4 or 5-1. I really do think it's going to be a, an obliteration. So uh, tune in next week when I'll be proved to be completely wrong. <laughs> Um, Rich, do you want to look after RB Leipzig Monaco on the Wednesday? Um, this has got what looks to be a really tasty fixture written all over it, doesn't it? It looks like a, a really sort of an open, entertaining game that we could have in store here in Germany. Yeah, I think it is. You've got two, two youngish teams um, that like to play attacking, exciting football. Um, I only hope one of the reasons for Monaco's hefty defeat at the weekend was that they perhaps had one eye on this on this game the, the, the trip to Germany um, really really looking forward to it um, I, I've on, on previous outlets I've made the, the prediction of a, a high scoring draw um, I think you know, there's a plethora of attacking talent um, we've got um, it'd be nice to see Jean-Kevin Augustin play uh, it may be from the bench. Um, there are rumours that Naby Keita for, for Leipzig may not be quite 100%. That would obviously be a big loss for them. Um, Lamar's out as well. Talking of big losses. <laughs> talking of big losses. So, um, I mean, it may be it may be that Monaco go bold and just, um, you know, Bashilia has... has, has Seemingly recovered now from his injury. Maybe, you know, he's he he was certainly my pick for Lamar's, or what I thought was going to be Lamar's replacement on the on the presumption that he was going in um, in the summer. So maybe that him, but um, it's going to be a really really good game. I'm well, I hope it will be a really good game. Certainly, I think you know people who've seen Monaco play know what they can do. I've spoken to a few Leipzig fans and and German football followers and. And they're seemingly up for it in terms of, you know, this is their Monaco equivalent of a sort of free-scoring side. So um, I'm really looking forward to this. Well said, well said. And um, I, I think I'm with you, actually. I do think uh, high-scoring draw is, is sort of the game that I potentially see happening. And uh, Keita Belde against... Um, the other Cater, or Cater on Cater, maybe, against Liverpool's new signing. That could be an interesting blend. But, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one, I must admit. Phil, what, uh, what about the Europa League, then? You get all three French teams. <laughs> well, uh, I've got these pieces of paper here. No, um, we've got some... Obviously, the Europa League is, uh, can be an interesting mix of uh, teams you haven't heard of, teams you're surprised are in that competition... Uh, things like that. We've got some uh, 
OL traveling away to Cyprus, they're all playing the cup winners. Uh, so all of the three opponents in this first round were domestic cup winners, and that's how they got their berth. So Apollon Limassol were the Cypriot cup winners. They'll be hosting Lyon, and we've got Marseille away. At, uh, Marseille will be hosting Konya Sport, uh, the Turkish cup winners, and then Nice will be traveling away to Zulte Varegem, uh, the Belgian cup winners. Now, I've been, as I say, getting some of the previews together. Limassol um, started back in the second qualifying round for this, beating Zaria Balti from Moldova, Aberdeen, and serial Europa League frequent flyers Micheland. So they've, you know, done they've done some some good work so far, and they've got. Um, uh, one of their key players appears to be um, the Maltese captain, uh, who's the attacker Andre Chembri, uh, who has been through, it says here, 12 clubs in about 14 seasons, starting at Hibernian. So that's a hell of a career, really. Um, so what we're seeing there, obviously, OL, this is one where they're, in a sense, have to win. Um, you said, you know, they've had a good start to the season. You look at the table, they're unbeaten. Um, things seem to be going okay, but the fans are not happy. The Genicio Demission hashtag is back. Uh, there's a feeling that while, for example, they won against uh, Gangob at the weekend, but they were not convincing doing so. So there's still some uh, jitters, still a sense that things haven't quite gelled um, completely yet. There's been a lot of turnover, so that's kind of understandable. But this could actually be one of those tricky trips away if Limassol are just going to kind of sit there and um, uh, kind of heave the ball into the stands at every available opportunity. This might actually be quite a frustrating experience. So that's the early game. And then uh, Marseille and Nice will be playing simultaneously at the eight o'clock or nine o'clock sitting, depending on which time zone you're in. Um, So it'll be interesting to see, obviously, if Marseille can pull themselves together after uh, two bad uh, back-to-back league results. They're probably not going to be facing a particularly tricky opposition. Konyaspor are currently 14th in the Super League after four rounds with only one win, which was against someone who's lower than them in the table. So they don't look like they're in that good nick, which is possibly just what Marseille need to be facing if they can pull themselves together for this one. And Nice away at Varagam should just be... uh, difficult to call given uh, we don't know how they're going to rotate the side um, but you'd hope after you know seeing that they're still bringing uh, young players through and this uh, Ganago guy has is, is got his first goal already that hopefully that should be hopefully that should be an interesting game look for some goals there. Mm. And I should be keeping a close eye on the Europa League this season, of course, because my beloved North London uh, Arsenal side will be um, travelling all over God knows where. Although, luckily, we seem to have got a group that's fairly central to start with. But I'm I'm praying for Lyon and Marseille and Nice to come through so I can have a, a lovely French love-in coming into the, <laughs> the second stages. But uh, I'm not going to hold out any hope at this stage because I don't know what side we'll be playing. But that's another story for rainy day. Um, good luck, of course, to all our French sides. I'm just going to ask you all one question each, and I want a straightforward answer. So it's a one-word answer if you can give it to me. Uh, Rich, the question I have for you, PSG, can they win the Champions League? Uh, no. Controversial, as <laughs> I'd like to see. Uh, just blame the defence, can... blame, blame more. <laughs> I said one word, damn you. Uh, <laughs> but you're right, for the record. Uh, Jez, can Monaco repeat 
their success of last season this season? No. But I'd have said nice. yes to Rich's question. <laughs> you, you, well, you're not allowed because I didn't ask you. You're not allowed <laughs> that question. Uh, and finally, Phil, can we... Mm, Am I going to give you an easy way out here? Can we or will we? No, I'm going to be nasty. Will we see a French Europa, Europa League champion this season? No. Oh, look at that. Look, how, look, look, look what other teams are in the Europa League this season. Have, have you watched Arsenal this season, Phil? <laughs> I wasn't necessarily okay. talking about them. Um, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say which of them will go further. And I, I was, was going not to. going to be able to answer that question either. Oh, okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I was going to ask, I was going to say, could we see? Because I suppose, could we? You could say mm. yes, because of course we could. But no, you're right. I think there are some big sides in the Europa League. And, and as you rightly say, not just us, I have to say, but um, there are some decent sides. Probably your Sociedads and your Poffenheims and your Everton's and your Villarreal. There's quite a few decent sides. Lazio, of course, as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And more to come after the group stage. Yeah, that's a very good point. So, we'll look forward to seeing the inevitable PSG crash as they drop into the <laughs> Oh, that uh, would be hilarious. Sorry. Oh, it, you'd, we'd never hear the end of it if that happened, I swear. We'd never hear the end of it. Um, good stuff. Okay. Um, as usual, if you've got any questions about any of our teams uh, in France, in Europe, ping them across. We'll do our best to answer them. And that is a beautiful segue to finish the show with some questions before we pick out a game for you to watch next weekend in Liga. I think we probably all know which game that's going to be. Um, Phil, what have we had in the old mailbag this week? Well, as well as the questions we've kind of dealt with in passing, um, this was an interesting one that we mentioned in, in relation to Lyon, which is from our friend Tarek Amir, Le False Number 12 on Twitter. Thoughts on Mariano Diaz? Seems like an under-the-radar signing, but he's easing the match-winning goal-scoring burden off Fakir. I, I, do you know what? I'm going to go rogue and I'm going to take that one if I may because I really like Mariano Diaz. Um, I think he's, I think, I think he he offers something different to Alex Lacazette, obviously. Um, but I think he's one of those players that when a player leaves a Real Madrid, a Barcelona, a Bayern Munich, and goes to a club of a decent stature, which you know I think it's fair to say Leon are. I think he's got a point to prove, and that's a dangerous animal. Um, you know, he will have been stung by the sort of the uh, the ease that Real Madrid let him go. Um, yes, he had a decent price tag, but it wasn't to the point where he's going to be under pressure. He's going to get games at Lyon, and I think he'll thrive in this competition in, in Europa League in particular. Um, and and I think maybe a game on Sunday, which we'll come on to before we wrap up that may be an opportunity for him to really step up but I think he started the season well I think he's looked sharp um, and as, as I said I really do think he'll he'll try and prove a point and of course he was in Real Madrid's side at pre-season last year and then didn't get didn't get the chance to play um, as nobody would really with their front three so I, I really like him and, and I think he'll do very very well at, at Lyon um, sadly he'll probably then end up moving on but um, let's enjoy it while it's there and, and with Fakir being reborn I think those two are forming quite a formidable partnership. And that was a very, very cool finish against Gangon for the weekend. Yeah, wasn't it just? Yeah, he, he does finish that well, doesn't he? Every time he seems to be very composed. and uh, Didn't seem any yeah. effort. Just ran at the defence. Bit of an opportunity here and perfect finish. Mm, agreed. Good question, that. Right, I'll stop hijacking the show now. Back to you, Phil. <laughs> OK, well, I think, well, we've, we've got um, one more, which may be... Um, it relates to the matches coming up 
because obviously we've been tracking Lille and what they're up to uh, as things seem to be going slightly from bad to worse. Uh, they will be playing, they will be away at Gangomp this weekend. And we have a question from one Andrew Gibney, obviously a new listener. When can we sack Bielsa? <laughs> um, so again, that's another club where the fans are starting to tear their hair out and throw things um, a little bit. So that's going to be part of the multiplex on, on Saturday, which also features uh, my Montpellier away at Troyes, and they really have to get something out of that because they Montpellier, after playing Troyes, then play PSG, Monaco, Nice and Saint-Étienne in their next four games. So I'm slightly concerned about this situation. Mm. What um, what do we think? Maybe oh, Jess, do you want to have a word on this one quickly? What do you think about um, this this Andrew bloke <clears throat> question? I I repeat what I think I said last week. Uh, Bielsa doesn't get sacked, does he? He he in- engineers some situation where he makes out that he's been this terribly injured party and then walks out. Implodes, um, yeah. Yeah. So I assume if it carries on. Um, this badly he'll somehow blame the board for not giving him the players that he wanted or something like that and and then and walk mm-hmm. um i'm not sure i mean Lille have pinned so much on him made so much fuss from you know still before i think last season was over that you know it was all about bielsa and we're bringing in these players for bielsa and um you know is it i can't remember his name is it campos and In- ingler you know they're all connected with Bielsa I'm not sure however badly it goes I'm not sure they'd they'd be able to sack him but I can see him leaving mm. yeah, I, of course I with do. the way things are going at Marseille there could be a job back, back there, <laughs> do, you, do you know what that's a perfect fit isn't it I thought no seriously they should in. they should just job swap just swap back yeah, again just swap. Yeah. that would be yeah I agree or or um or Frank De Boer, there's there's a an opportunity there for for him <laughs> out of work at Palace. I shouldn't laugh, um, but yeah, uh, it's a shame Roy Hodgson has taken the Palace job. He'd have been a perfect fit at Marseille. No, I think but, Allardyce to Marseille. It's a oh, no-brainer. Allardyce. <laughs> what would it be in French? Um, Allardyce. Uh, Allardyce. Oh, Allardyce. It writes itself, doesn't no, it? I think surely we want to see, we want to see Pardieu at Marseille. Oh, Pardieu. Jesus Christ. Oh, Alain Pardieu. Yes, brilliant. Um, please, let's stop this now before it gets horrible. Um, yes, I think it's fair to say that the pressure is, is very much on. Uh, as Eden Zuccavani doesn't connect from an easy cross, speaking of pressure. Um, anywho, any other questions we can quickly get through, Phil, before we wrap up? Sorry. No, I think that's that's it on the questions front, but do send them in for next week. Uh, again, about the European Games, all the Liga action, or anything else you are interested in, so we can take those next week. Absolutely. And if you've got a question specifically to somebody on the panel, please feel free to tweet us individually. Um, you can find us all on Twitter, I'm sure. And uh, I might get the guys to uh, and uh, sort of guys and girls to give them their Twitter handles. If you want to contact them directly, you can. Um, final thing to bring up then is the game of the week for next weekend. Anybody disputing it's PSG Leon on Sunday night? <laughs> can we have an honourable mention for, I think, the, the build-up Ren-Nice could of course if, if, if if nice aren't knackered after their trip to belgium which isn't that far but they are from the south um that could be sunday afternoon that could be quite a fun game if if they're both on the form they were on last weekend uh, setting up the uh, 
the classic uh, then for for later on. Yes, knackered niece versus rampant wren. It could be a uh, could be interesting. Sounds your nil nil klaxon right <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say I have I have jinxed this. Yeah, like, absolutely yeah. guaranteed. Not sort of nailed on nil nil. Um, just quickly, the other the ga- other games. Friday is Toulouse Bordeaux. Saturday we have Monaco, Strasbourg, Dijon, Saint Etienne, Guingamp, Lille, Nantes, Cantois, Montpellier, uh, and on the Sunday Amiens, Marseille, Angers, Metz. Nice, as we mentioned, and PSG Leon rounds off the weekend. I can't wait for that game on Sunday. That could be very tasty. Or, of course, it could be an absolute blow away for PSG. Let's hope it's not the latter. Let's see a competitive game. Right, uh, that would do us for this week then. Thank you all very, very much for listening, for downloading uh, wherever you get us. Um, Phil, we're on SoundCloud and through the website. That's the main two. And uh, we're still working on a few few other bits and bobs, uh, getting us on other mediums. But uh, however you find us, we are very, very glad that you do find us. Because without you, frankly, it would just be us four chatting away to nobody in particular. So we do appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, you can follow us at French FT Weekly. Um, and uh, yes, you can interact with us via the Twitter account there. I think we do have a Facebook page as well, although it's a little bit limited on what we can do on there. So give us a Twitter shout, if you will. Um, where can people find us all individually? Rich, where can people find you if they want to? Um, moaning about Marseille, generally. Uh, at Rich <laughs> underscore Alan 85. Lovely. And Jez, where can people find you? Jeremy Smith 98. Lovely. And Phil, do you want people to tweet you direct or do you want them just to leave you alone I'm... and do your work? I'm Philby1976, so you can now tell how old all of us are or something. I don't know. Um, I can't tell how old I am. I haven't got it in my feet. Well, I could just tell everybody, couldn't I? People I'm, I'm have t- thought I'm born in 98, but I'm not. That's uh, France <laughs> winning the World Cup reference. That would make you incredibly young, wouldn't it, Jess? Would that make you? <laughs> Jesus. It's uh, important yes. that that's aged him. <laughs> yeah, too true. true. Uh, Riviera, still, we'll be older than, five years still be older than Mbappe. <laughs> Sickening, isn't it? Ooh. Seeing people born in 2000. Ugh, um, God. Young, young star alert. A certain um, young Mr. Weyer has scored earlier today for PSG against Celtic in the Youth Cup. Uh, He's a very Weyer's good header, son. too. Yes. Mm. George Weyer. It'll never, it'll... I think, is he called Teo? I think that sounds about Tim- right, yeah. Timothy. 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 Is it Timothy? Yes. Timothy yeah. Weir. Timothy Weir. There you go. Tune in, people. He's the next one to watch. World superstar in six months, you watch. Okay, uh, perfect, perfect place to leave it. So uh, enjoy your uh, French football, whether it be at home or in Europe this week. Uh, do let us know your thoughts for next week. We will return this time next week, of course. Until then, au revoir and enjoy.